I want to teach you this morning and uh, continue. We're doing this restoration uh, and realizing that it's, it's a possibility. We've been, that's been our theme during the season. Today, let me move right in to this. Let's go ahead and read the scripture again out of Joel 2.25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Uh, so you're going to get back more than was taken from you. Praise Jesus. Some people say, I got myself a stimulus check. Hallelujah. How many could spend a stimulus check and still be in debt right now? How many could do that? All right. All right. So uh, how many want more? God has something more for you than you ever dreamed. Praise God. It's good to see you all back there, all cuddled up back there. Good to have him home off. Praise God. Praise you, Brother Gray. I love you guys. I love you all. Yes. She's bouncing back. So good. Um, uh, So today I want to talk to you about the promise. Somebody shout the promise. Second Peter chapter three and nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Anybody ever known a slacker before? (laughs) Ever been at work and look somebody say, hey, hey, I'm doing everything. You know, Uh, the Lord is not. Say it, slack. So I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. It used to be a, a, a constant. It used to be like if you started a sermon, you always started a sermon this way. Okay? I want you to all stand for the reading of God's Word. Y'all stand. All right, I want you to stand. It's going to be a long one. So didn't put it all in your notes. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Do you want me to read this? How many want you want do you want the word of God? Okay. The word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by the Apostle Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past. By the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has been has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately, they purposefully forget That long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. He's restating that. Where is this coming? It's been so long. He's restating this. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. You think it's a long time to God. The Lord is not slack, is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous. Father, we thank you for your word and ask your blessing upon us that we might be able to receive it as you have spoken it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, got a little old school on you there. Praise God. You know, when you're standing up, you have to pay attention. Nobody ever sat down at attention. Nobody was ever standing up. Am I right? Where's my military eye? I said, all right, attention. Everybody went, Because when you're standing up, you are paying, you are giving attention. So I thought, anybody uh, go down the ocean front and see the fireworks? No, because there weren't any. So I thought I'd do a little fireworks myself today. There we go. There we go. Ooh, did you smell that? I smelled it. It smelled like gunpowder or something just went off. Please don't turn me in. All right, don't turn me in. Uh, I think uh, fireworks are an interesting symbol to me because even when I just pulled that little popper, and please, somebody between services, vacuum that. Well, really, there's not much. Pick it up. Uh, Even when I pulled that, I smelled the smoke. I I smelled the explosion, the tiny little explosion. So when... You see fireworks, even the little popper that I just pulled. When you hear it, when you see it, remember that it is reminding us of the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. Fire, heat, destruction. In order for something to be transformed Something else has to be burned up. Am I preaching right now? Well, why do we? I love fireworks. You wouldn't like real fireworks. You would. You don't want the rockets. You want something that looks like rockets. You hear what I'm saying? You don't. We don't really like fireworks. I mean, they're fun to look at, but not the real. How many have ever? We're my military. You've seen some real fireworks. Some some stuff that is destructive. Some stuff that. that that you do not want to land in your backyard and you certainly don't want to see it nearby. Anybody remember the Declaration of Independence? Anybody, was anybody there in 1776? Who's my, where are my older folks in the room? Okay, so evidently nobody remembers it. Uh, I remember learning about it in school. The document was written, you know, they say Thomas Jefferson, but it was a community. In fact, if you study, you find out that Really, some of it was taken from another declaration. They might have plagiarized a little bit of it. I don't know. But uh, it was still, it was, it was a strong statement. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Listen to this. This is, 
This was the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So the 4th of July and even the Declaration of Independence did not mean that they were independent. It meant that they were declaring independence. It was the day that they stated and all signed this document saying, we're going to have independence. It's more like, anybody ever been pregnant before? I have not. Anybody been pregnant? Anybody been pregnant? It's like the day you announced, I'm going to have a baby. The baby was inside of you, but you weren't sick yet. You weren't, your ankles weren't swelling yet. Come on, I guess the mamas and daddies saying amen right now. I mean, okay, mama's saying amen. Daddies, just be quiet right now. You'll get slapped, all right? So, you know, you say, yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby, but you still can wear the same clothes you were wearing before. You still haven't had your first contraction yet, and you haven't felt the pain of, I'm going to have a baby, Whee! I'm going to have a baby, and you're so smiley, and you're so happy, but the, the, the first time that baby looked at you, and you thought, well, now it's over, but it ain't over yet, because you're holding the baby in your hand right now, but then you're holding other stuff in your hand that you weren't planning to hold in your hand, and then they start talking, that baby looks at you and says, no, and you say, what am I going to do? How am I going to? You don't know. Every baby is different. You think you know how you're going to discipline this child. But how many know you can have two, three kids, and every one of them will be different, all right? They will be. You can tell one of them, now, honey, you need to stop and act right. And okay, okay, mommy. And another one, and it's like there's a demon in their face. <laughs> okay, mom, we'll see. You, you have all of this, and then they become adolescent, and then they, you know, their brains change, and then they're a teenager, and you can't tell them nothing, and I'm saying a declaration is a good thing, but it is, in fact, just that, a declaration. Still, it's a high goal. It is a vision, but it did not complete liberty. The declaration in 1776 did not give anybody freedom. In fact, I would suggest that even the declarers, even the authors, even John Hancock with that big autograph so the king would know that his name was on it. I don't believe that they knew the extent of what they were saying. I thought, you know, I'm thinking we're going to win a battle, but now we're going to have to form a country and we're going to wait. Wait, what about other things? How many know that you are held accountable for the words that you speak? Anybody know that? We are held accountable for these words. You know, it, it, the, the words reach beyond the colonist. And you, I think I see it in two words that scream to us. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator with rights. So there's two words, creator and equal. They said them, they perhaps even heard themselves say it, perhaps even heard them from heaven, but just because you hear a word doesn't mean you are ready for it. Just because you receive a word doesn't mean you're ready for it. Creator and equal, 
reached back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. You've heard me preach this already, right? We are them. I am you, you are me, right? We are them. Look around the room. We are them. You say, oh, we're all different. No, we are each other. We are those who were created in the image of God. How was it that in the opening of that with such grandiose wording in 1776, That still, even though they declared all men were created equal, yes, I'm going there, that still it would take another 100 years later at the end of the Civil War where good Christian men and women would still be all right with 4 million enslaved black Americans. How does that happen? Because they were saying all men, but they didn't have an understanding of what all men were. Even after the Civil War, it was in 1866, and the Civil Rights Bill was passed in 1867, and 22 black citizens would be elected, but they were still forbidden from drinking at the same water fountain. Jim Crow laws and a system of segregation regarding our black brothers and sisters as less equal, equal but separated, really? It wasn't until the 1950s and the 60s that the laws and systems were effectively changed. And still not until 1967 that a black man and a white woman could get married. And here we are on the 4th of July weekend in 2020 with a pestilence that has shut down everyone. And we stand at attention and look back at a good God who brought us to this place. And we wonder, where are the fireworks? Why are you looking in the heavens for them? They're happening right here in our hearts. There are explosions that are going on in our nation. And they're asking somebody, what do we do? What are the answers? And I say, let's go back to 1776 and remember that God said, all men, our creator said, all men are created in my image. We are all equal in the eyes of God. See, you can't have racial peace, family peace, or national peace until you recognize the creator of peace, the one true and living God who is our promise keeper and is not slack concerning his promises. The declaration of independence is not the first promise nor the last promise that, that, that we have ignored. Say, so I can't believe they did that. Well, what about your marriage promise? Don't go there, Pastor. Remember when you got married and you realized that you're going to have to work things out? And you failed and then you succeeded and then you failed again. Remember that? Remember that? I couldn't get you to stop kissing each other long enough to walk down the aisle. I mean, it was messy and I'm standing back saying, all right, okay, all right. when do you get home? You know, but no, we're in love. You didn't realize that a declaration doesn't mean you've got it worked out in your heart. Am I preaching? What, what about the promise you made to your children? I'll always be there for your baby. Where are they? I don't know. Did you teach them how to pray? I, listen, I, I'll never abandon you. Now, don't make me pull out the statistics right now because we have abandoned families and homes all over. I'm not talking about any type of racial setting. I'm saying we have relational brokenness all over our nation. What's happened to our world? What's happened to your promise? 
What about the promise we made to God? I'll serve you. I'll live for you. I'll take up my cross and I'll follow you. Anybody still online? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. They're still there. On this 4th of July, I want to remind you that we serve a promise keeping God. And he has a history of keeping his promises. And he calls us also to be promise keepers. So on this 4th of July, I am reminded of another nation that failed to keep its promises. It was the nation of Israel. Do you remember that? They ended up enslaved by Egypt. And they cried out to God. And God said, I'm going to set you free. And in Exodus chapter 24, we find out something that took place. Uh, Moses took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. Basically, he had spent time in the presence of the Lord. He had received the word of God for the nation and the laws for the nation. And some people say, you know, we don't live by law, but okay, I get that. But the, the remember, God did not just give them heaven's word, but God gave them heaven's word so that they could have a nation. It was a nation of laws. And, and the priests, they were leaders of the nation. So you went to the priest and dealt with laws and broken laws and people made sacrifice and sometimes that sacrifice is sort of like a fine because of my sin I have to bring the sacrifice to the temple in order to pay and you say who came up with this idea of fine it's an old testament thing right, nobody's all right so so Moses told them read the entire book of the law I said book of the covenant let me give you another word book of the promise And they responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. Everybody say that. We will do everything the Lord has said. Say it. Okay. Liar. (laughs) Set you up. And so Moses, instead of saying liar, he took the blood of a lamb. And he sprinkled it out upon the people. This is the blood of the covenant, the blood of the promise that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all of his words. In other words, this is it, but there's going to be sacrifice, and he sprinkled blood. Somebody say, behold the blood of the lamb. Behold the blood of the lamb. The blood of the sacrifice. He knew you were going to struggle. Look at me, brothers and sisters. He knew you were going to struggle. And so he said, I'm going to provide a path in your struggling. I'm going to provide grace. And so over and over... And so you, you know the story, I mean, in, of Israel and over and over they failed because they would hear this and then they would fall into idolatry and the kingdom would be divided. In fact, 500 years after this moment in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 13, we love reading this scripture right now. God says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This is the word of God, but it's in response to Solomon's prayer. If you go back a chapter, Solomon is there after the temple has been built and he prays God God if we fail and and bad things start happening if we pray and seek your face repent will you come and heal us and so God responds and says yes as a matter of fact I will do it and Solomon is the guy that broke it all up Solomon became idolatrous and 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 Solomon brought about the division of the kingdom they divided the nation of Israel in two 
five, that, that's just 500 years later. Over and over we see this. In Nehemiah, uh, 500 years again, so here we are, 1,000 years down the pike, uh, we find Israel has been exiled. Babylon comes and takes Israel into, ex, uh, into exile, enslaves their people, and what do we find happening? We find out God's people crying out to him and repenting, and so, so there's this guy named Nehemiah who is the cupbearer for the king, and he had this heart to go back and rebuild Jerusalem, and it actually took place that Nehemiah, Ezra, these great guys would go back and lead in the rebuilding of Jerusalem. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5, we find all of Israel gathering again. The wall is built. Ezra stands on the top of the wall, and just like I had you all standing, everybody, the men, the women, the children, all stood, and Ezra read the book. The Bible says he opened the book in the sight of all the people in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 5 and when he opened it all the people stood up there's our tradition and Ezra blessed the Lord the great God then all the people answered amen amen you say why do we say amen all the time it's a part of our spiritual call to say yes somebody shout yes yes that's what we're saying when I say say amen what I'm saying is agree with what I'm saying right now come into agreement with God's word amen while lifting up their hands, then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And verse 9 reads this way. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. What I'm saying is this. God's people have always struggled with promises. Come on. People have always struggled with promises. Or we make a promise, then we say, is there any way I can get out of this? We make a promise, and then we struggle with it. But the good news is this, even though we fail in keeping our promises, our God is not slack concerning his promise. And from the very beginning of time, come on, from the beginning of creation, there was a promise. We read it so beautifully in John chapter 3 and verse 6. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He established a promise. Somebody thank God. God. He will not forget his promise. He explained it to Israel by the prophet Jeremiah and restated it in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. For this is my covenant. This is the promise that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put their laws, my laws in their mind and write them on their heart. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So on the day of Pentecost, that's what was going on. God doesn't just want to have a bunch of laws written in the book. Now he wants you to become a partner with him. He is not slack concerning his promise. So God will come and live inside of us so that we can love one another, care for one another, keep his word. You say, well, how am I going to overcome all the anger and the bitterness that I have in my life? Come, Holy Spirit, live inside of me. I'm slack concerning promises. I'm slow. But Holy Spirit, if you'll come and make this temple your dwelling place, then I'll live a life that glorifies you. Praise Jesus. And that's why we receive the supper of the Lord. Peter said in Acts 2.38, he said this, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your 
children, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I don't know if you enjoyed the exhortation. I was loving the exhortation after the worship today. Uh, maybe I loved it a little personally because on occasion I realized that, you know, I love having that staff member up there that's so good and so strong and makes sure that so many ministries are going and it's had such a powerful impact on the ministries here at Freedom. I love that. I love the, the years that that associate pastor, but I also love that that associate pastor happens to be my son. Amen. I love that. You say, were well, you bragging? Yeah, on Jesus. Because I broke a lot of promises, but God never, come on, he never failed in his. Some of you say, well, what's going to happen next? You know what we need to focus on? Because God is not slack concerning his promise. We need to focus on our children and our children's children. You see what I'm saying? We need to go ahead and lay claim to the promises of God. How many would do that with me? My, my children, my grandchildren. He said, my babies aren't paying attention right now. Go get your baby's babies. Go get them. Make sure they know Jesus. Make sure they're baptized. Make sure they're loving Jesus. Go ahead. Claim the next generation because God is a promise keeper I got to be finished that's why we take this cup and this bread this cup and this bread is not just a synonym but it is in actuality the, the performance of God's promise Jesus in Mark 14 and all through the Gospels, this same statement is he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And they said, and he said to them, this is the blood of the new promise. Somebody shout new promise. The new covenant, which is shed for many. See, we need to stand. And we need to read the promise more often. This is where we are. We are experiencing a shaking in the last days where everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We are gathered here dependent upon the Lord for our salvation and forgiveness. And it is our turn now. I'm going to tell you this again in case you have not heard. I got a lot of stories I can tell you about my life. But since I was a little boy growing up, people kept telling me that Jesus was coming and Jesus is coming soon. But I could hear myself, as the apostle wrote in Peter, since the very beginning of time, since the beginning of my life, people have been talking about the coming of Jesus. And then you get, is it ever going to take place? Where is this coming? And then the Lord speaks to me and says from his prophet, don't you know, don't you understand that you think uh, a thousand days is a long time or a thousand years, but a thousand years to me is just like a day. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm coming very soon and if you read like Revelation 13 or all of Revelation you read Gospel of John or or if uh, if you read the Apostle John or you read Ezekiel or you receive read Daniel or you receive read Isaiah you keep hearing these stories about the promise of God and he explains about promise breakers and what's going to happen with them and he says that in the last days perilous times will come very perilous times and he speaks of famine and he speaks of pestilence and plagues. How many know I'm telling the truth? Anybody know that? And he speaks of a governmental uprising that will take place. And in order to control, they will finally realize that they cannot control people. 
You can't have enough police to control people. You can't have enough military to control people. So an evil power will rise up, and we know him as the beast. We know him as Antichrist. And he, through this governmental strength, will control everyone because he will control your ability to make money. And he will put a mark in your hand or on your forehead, and it will be the mark of the beast. The mark of man is 666. The mark of God is 777, okay? But the mark of the man is 666. And if you do not bear this microchip mark, did I say that? In your hand, then you will not be able to buy or sell. But I earn the money, but I can stop you from going wherever, and I can track you wherever you are at any time. You say, well, that's way on the future. No, no, no. Already been lawsuits in different states regarding this. There are companies already that are putting microchips in the hands of their people in order that they would be able to control their productivity. Nobody hearing me right now? Pastor, you're scaring me right now. Well, you need to be shaken up just a little bit because we cannot afford to continue to walk in our promise breaking because there is a promise keeper. Stand with me. Stand up. Can I preach that today? It is not a time to worry about plagues, pestilence. Those words are trans, are, are, can also be translated as pandemics. That's what this is. You say, well, I don't believe it is pandemic. It doesn't matter what you believe. You're wearing masks and you're socially distant and you're staying home. I'm not saying we should not do that. What I'm saying is, wake up. Wait a minute. You mean that in America, a governor can stand up and say, none of you can go to work tomorrow. But don't worry, I will provide money for you. And we go, yay, the government's giving us free money. It ain't free. It ain't free. And you say, now you're getting all political. No, I'm not. I'm getting biblical. The Lord is a promise keeper. He saw all of this before you saw it. Say, what God going to do about it? God is not scratching his head. He's getting excited about his family coming home. Why is it taking all of these years? Do you need me to explain this to you? Why? Because he loves you. And he's not slack, and he's not willing for any of us to perish, but all of us. This is not a time of fear. It's a time to call upon the Lord. It's a time to tell your children and your children's children the story of Jesus, the one who came, the Son of God, who gave his life for us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you. How many have been patient with your kids? Anybody? How many could have been a little bit more patient at times? But sometimes it makes you crazy. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. Like a thief in the night. 
Now it's like a thief, but the Lord's going to come and take what is His to Himself. Praise Jesus. How many believe that could be any day? Anybody believe that? Anybody okay with that? What if tomorrow morning we woke up in heaven instead of earth? that okay with anybody back here what if tomorrow you didn't have to worry about going to work what if tomorrow we found ourselves and freedom can do this every tribe and every tongue and every nation in unity able to worship God together in unity shouting worthy worthy holy holy what if tomorrow that happened would that anybody be okay anybody with me on that pastor we got a lot to do down here hey I much to do I don't want to be here. I want to be with him. The heavens will disappear with the roar. The elements will be destroyed. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Don't read it again, Pastor. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with the promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven new earth so we go away heavens earth destroyed God restores a new heaven somebody hallelujah hallelujah we're living in those days and he is a promise keeper if you don't know Jesus give your life to Jesus right now go ahead say it but it's you say, pastor I don't know if I'll be able to keep it he knew that he knows how messed up and full of flesh we all are That's why he sent his son to die. That's why Moses, after he read the promise, threw blood all everybody. Could you imagine Moses up there? He reads the covenant for the first time to everybody. They're all saying, wow. And they said this, everything he said we will do. And Moses goes, right. (laughs) Takes a bucket of blood and goes, everybody be still now. Whoa. And everybody's going, what are you doing, Mo? Throwing blood on everybody. Because he wanted you to remember He wanted us to remember, some of you just living by the law, trying to do good stuff. I need the grace of Jesus. I need his grace and I need his mercy. And you can have it right now. Say, I receive the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I confess that I've been a sinner, but I believe that Jesus is the son of God. He is my Lord. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again on the third day in the name of Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father I ask that your promise would be fulfilled in my life my life belongs to you Jesus praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord Jesus go ahead praise God praise God The bread and the cup. It hardly ever fails that when I receive the supper of the Lord standing up here, well, it, not every, but a few times, Diana will tell you, I end up with a little bit that's on my shirt. Okay, I just, I got to fix that. I'm going to be, be careful. So, but can I tell you spiritually, I hope this gets on you. I hope you are stained by the blood of Jesus. I do, I do. 
I cannot help but preach today. I can't help myself. So now are you ready to be participants with the promise keeper? Anybody? The one who does not fail. All right. Do you want his spirit to dwell inside of you so that you can walk in a holy and obedient way? How many want that? How many want that? Anybody want that? Say yes. Say yes. You, do, you, do you forgive everybody? Will you love people that you don't even like? Will you do that? Will you forgive people as the Lord has forgiven you? Jesus said, this body, this bread is my body broken for you. Take and eat it. Yeah, I agree. Say that. Say that I'm healed. Say it, I'm healed. By his wounds, by his broken body, I'm whole. Now take the cup. This cup is the cup of the new promise. This is the new promise cup. What are you drinking? The new promise cup. The new promise. The blood of the new covenant. Not the lamb that Moses sprinkled blood on everybody. This is the blood of the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you receive this? Receive the blood of the lamb. Sing. Sing. Hallelujah. How we love you. You are the one. If anybody needs to break, if anybody needs to give their life to Jesus, if anybody needs prayer, you want somebody to anoint you and pray with you, I have those that will pray with you. Just distance yourself around the altar, around the front of the building, and we'll meet you. Specifically, if you would gather to my right so that we can keep this door open, we'll pray for you. If you need to give your life to Jesus, do so. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life online. We love you so much. Father, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your word. Now the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the promise-keeping Savior give you peace. God bless you all. I love you so much. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Come on, let's give him thanks. You be dismissed when you choose. You can leave through the foyer exit or through this front door exit. Be dismissed when you choose. If you need prayer, meet us through the front and we'll meet you. Sing. Let's sing for a moment together.